Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show again, returning guest and um, favorite guest of the show, Sean Hildebrand. Sean is the Senior Vice President of Urban Nation. Sean, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you again on the show. Always good to hear your insights um, and always good to talk uh, Urban Nation stats. You guys do such an amazing job of uh, tracking the condo market. And so as condo investors, it's very important to know, um, obviously, what is uh, happening in the market. So we want to talk about that today, and you're an awesome uh, guy to talk to. So thank you for your time. Um, why don't we jump into the uh, Q3 rental market uh, report, the rental stats that just came out. So we're going to talk about Q3 rental and re- uh, rental and, uh, and uh, sales stats. Um, just looking through the Q3 rental report, I'm seeing the phrase that I keep seeing over and over again is all-time high or all-time low. Uh, a lot of records were broken this quarter, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. It, actually, it was pretty interesting um, with the rental market results. I think it was the first time since we've been tracking the market uh, since 2010 that we actually saw the number of units leased fall year over year. And it wasn't because demand slowed down. It was because the number of listings dropped quite noticeably. And what this uh, effect on the market has been is uh, really a a tightening in market conditions to the point where uh, rent growth uh, surged 9% year over year. Um, uh, Across the GTA, we're averaging uh, over $2.70 a square foot in the... um, in the, in the former city of Toronto, we're now averaging uh, well over three bucks a square foot, and uh, on a monthly cost basis, now um, average condos in the city of Toronto are leasing for two thousand dollars a month. So the market has tightened uh, quite significantly just in the past six months, I'd say, to the point where the average days on market um, has dropped by a full week. So the average condo is being leased out in only twelve days. The, uh, the ratio of, uh, of leases to listings is surging through the roof. Um, we haven't yet received updated uh, condo apartment vacancy rate statistics from CMHC, but I have full confidence that they're going to show a drop in vacancy from an already low level. So last year they were, they were reported at about uh, 1.8% or so. Um, I think they're probably going to fall below 1% uh, in 2016 based on the numbers that we're tracking. So this has happened actually as um, as completions have slowed down. So even though there's still a very high level of units under construction, temporarily at least, um, new supply coming into the market um, has moderated. And most of the growth in condo rental supply comes directly from newly completed buildings. So the fact that we've seen completions back off from what was about 20,000 units a year last year to about 15,000, 16,000 units this year has actually had the effect of uh, creating undersupplied market conditions for rental. So a few years ago, people were expecting that 20,000 units a year in terms of condo deliveries was was actually too much for the market. It was a record level, and, and there was a lot of concern over that. Um, now what we're seeing is that that was actually a level that was appropriate for the market. It created 
balanced market conditions for condo rentals um, as we as we reached these levels in 2014 2015 what we saw was rents actually beginning to flatten out um, so for for a good period of a couple of years rents were really not moving much and now that supply has tapered off a bit um, and demand obviously continues to remain extremely strong um, it's had the effect of, of, of actually lifting rent growth uh, to its highest point in several years so um, really tight market conditions. We expect that that's going to remain the case, even though um, scheduled deliveries uh, will rise next year. Um, and actually through to 2019, we're expecting at least 20,000 units a year in each of the next three years. Um, I think that uh, the demographic support is very, very structural. And um, uh, the recent mortgage rule changes, I think, are only going to put more pressure on the rental market as first-time buyers, those that, are, that have been buying condominium apartments in particular, um, some of them will be priced out of the marketplace because of these new changes and, and turn to the rental market. So a, a lot of interesting things happening on the rental side, and um, as we've been seeing, probably the tightest market conditions since we've been tracking the market over the past six years. Yeah, very interesting. You threw out a lot of uh, great points and stats there. I want to dive into a little bit more on, on some of the things you touched on. Um, one question I have is, is the CMHC vacancy rates, as you said, you're waiting to sort of see those numbers come out. That's a number that people will often throw around and, and we say, well, how's the Toronto real estate market? Is it hot? Is it whatever? Is it a number of people, well, isn't the vacancy rate, you know, 1% or less than 2% or, you know, it's a number that we sort of, we hear thrown around a lot. How much weight do you put into that number knowing sort of how they calculate it and, and how valid is that sort of figure or maybe another way of asking this is like if you're looking at the rental market yourself to get a sense of you know the the hotness level so to speak like how hot is the market answering that question is there one statistic that you sort of look at the most uh, as, as a good snapshot for the whole market if you just had to pick one a lot of people like like i said like to throw around this vacancy rate stat um but maybe is there is there a better stat that you turn to as as sort of the a good tell-all for the market as a whole well the, the the cmhc stats on vacancy rates are important statistics because they're surveying the entire stock of of, of the condo rental market um, the problem is that it's only done once a year and really it's just a snapshot of one particular point during the entire year so I think it's important that it's done, um, and I think that their methodology is sound, and it's probably um, the most complete way of getting at, um, you know, uh, the complete picture of demand and supply in the overall marketplace. The issue with the statistic is that, as I just mentioned, it's only reported once a year, um, and it doesn't track um, kind of what's been happening throughout the year and take into consideration the movements that have been occurring over the past 12 months. So I think that's where our data um, really shines. We're tracking the flow, the demand and supply flow on a quarterly basis. So the, the key metrics that I look at in our data are the ratio of leases to listings, kind of the, um, the demand-supply equation. And I also look at um, uh, the average days on market as well, as we were just talking about. Some other interesting things that we can um, gather out of the data that sort of helps us support um, evidence of, of, of market conditions is the percentage of units that are being leased for over asking price. So suggesting that some units are actually um, 
being leased in bidding wars. As, as, as more people are bidding on the unit, um, the lease rate actually grows higher than the asking rate. And what we found um, from the data in the third quarter was that uh, 25% of all units leased during the period uh, were rented for higher uh, rates than what was being asked of the unit on the listing. So this suggests that um, there are quite a, quite a few uh, units that are being leased in multiple offer situations, and the actual number of units that leased for above asking was double the level from a year ago. And we hear these sorts of reports on the ground as well. So we take into consideration, I would say, a few key metrics to help support evidence of, of market conditions. So the lease to listings ratio, the days on market, and uh, certainly the, um, the number of units that are being leased for above asking. But all, in, you know, in the end, I think probably the most telling uh, indicator of what's happening in the market is rent growth. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any denying that the market has tightened in seeing that uh, in the third quarter, rents were up 9% year over year, whereas if you were looking at the market last year, you know, we were seeing rates of growth of somewhere between 2 and 3%. Yeah, huge, huge jump. You mentioned the sales to listings, uh, the rent, the leases to listings ratio, eighty nine percent. So, uh, in a given month, the number of leases eighty nine percent compared to the number of uh, listings, um, and the days on market, uh, only tw- average twelve days on market. Um, can you put those two numbers in perspective for us? Um, 89% sales to listing and, and 12 days on market. How, do, how does that stack up to all the historical data? So since, since about 2013, I would say the market has been tightening. Um, it slowed down um, during that period of time, and the lease to listings ratio dropped to about 75%. So since 2013, it has steadily risen from 75% up to 89%. So that is a significant jump. Um, and that is, I would say, at least um, 10 basis points higher than what the average is for a lease to listings ratio. So at least 80% average, we're, we're, we're close to 90%. So there is quite a bit of a margin there suggesting that demand is, is quite considerably outstripping supply. The average days on market um, fell by a full week from a year ago. So, as I just said, it was averaging 12 days. Last year, um, uh, we were closer to um, to 20 days, um, and then that level has been kind of consistent uh, for the past three years. So, it is a very remarkable and pretty dramatic change in a fairly short period of time. Right, right. So, you've got a case where... Um, uh, Prices are going up and units are going quicker, units are going in bidding wars, uh, more units are going in, in multiple offers. Um, yeah, all signs are pointing to the market is red hot. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's motivating investors to continue holding on to their units. We've been noticing yeah. um, huge inflows coming in. So even though completions have slowed down, the percentage of units within the buildings that are coming to completion that are being leased out continues to rise. So more and more, the investors that, that have been buying pre-construction condos in previous years have been holding on to them as opposed to, to flipping them, I suppose, uh, at resale. And um, obviously, the increases in rents help with their carrying costs, help to cover their ownership costs. And, um, and, and the gains that we've been seeing in the resale market are motivating them to continue to hold on to the property as opposed to sell it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and if you're closing on a property today uh, that you bought, you know, three or four years ago, I mean, it's sort of a perfect storm where the rental market is red hot. R- rental rates are have increased significantly huge since you bought the condo, and mortgage rates have probably actually come down uh, fairly significantly as well since you know three or four years ago too. So um, there's strong incentive to to rent out your unit and get you know, get a very strong cash flow on, on a lot of these units as opposed to um, looking to just flip it and sell it and, and make a small profit. You know, it's, it's looking attractive to hold on to it. And I guess that's... I, I, when we're looking at some of the numbers um, for, for the units that are coming to completion, um, uh, more of them um, than in the past are clearing positive cash flow um, based on the level of rent that we're seeing in the marketplace right now. So in, in, in previous years, you know, there were some projects that we were calculating as cash flow negative, some that were positive, but averaging kind of on a net basis, um, pretty neutral uh, positive cash flow. Um, now we're starting to see that, that move higher um, just based on the pure growth in the rental market and the fact that new condo prices haven't been rising by that much. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the reason because there hasn't been a lot of new product coming into the marketplace, but Certainly, the uplift um, from the resale side is providing more potential for capital appreciation. And then on top of that, you have the rising rent levels, which are helping with cash flow, kind of making condos more attractive as an investment, um, really, than, 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 than they have over the past few years, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 2016, yeah, it's, it's 2016. It feels like one of these years where anybody who bought a condo you know, in the previous three or four years is looking like a genius in 2016 <laughs> because, uh, like you said, all these factors are lining up and, and uh, you know, the, the people who, who, who put their money into the market a few years ago are really seeing the rewards of it right now. Um, I guess the question then is, you know, will this continue? Like what, uh, moving forward, um, you mentioned you're expecting more supply coming into the market, more completions of new condos coming into the market for the next few years compared to this year, which was lower, quite a bit lower than last year. Um, where do you see, you know, rental rates in particular going? Do you think we'll, you know, a year from now, we'll, we'll be talking about rents are up another 10% or do you think it will level off based on, you know, what you're expecting to happen? I don't. I don't expect that rent growth is going to continue at 10% or 9%. Um, that's. Um, I mean, it's abnormal for housing prices to rise by that amount, but it's even more abnormal for rents to rise by that degree. And it certainly isn't a sustainable rate of growth. Um, with the expected increase in completions, and we definitely expect that investors will continue to add their units to the to the rental market. Supply is going to continue to grow, um, but I don't expect that it's necessarily going to be growing faster than demand. And um, again, a lot of that has to do with um, uh, the most recent mortgage rule changes, um, pricing a lot of first-time buyers out of the marketplace. <clears throat> we crunched some numbers um, to sort of illustrate the magnitude of these of these changes, and what we found was um, for the average price condominium apartments in the resale market right now, um, the qualifying rate to purchase, sorry, the qualifying income required to purchase the average priced unit 
has effectively risen from $73,000 to $86,000 just after these mortgage rule changes came into effect. So basically, for the average buyer, um, they're going to be required to have an income that is um, uh, $13,000 higher than what it was in September. So, you know, that's a, that's a significant increase of about 17%, and that builds off a 9% increase in required income over the past year just based on pure increases in, in prices. So that is going to take a chunk of demand out of uh, the resale market, and that's important to point out. The resale market for condos has been on fire as well. So we've seen sales grow 20% year over year consistently for the past couple of years, and that's going to slow down, no doubt. Um, resale activity is going to moderate because of these changes, but certainly one positive spinoff um, from, the, from, from a condo investment standpoint is that um, while resale prices are probably going to slow down, um, rent growth is going to remain stable because there's going to be a lot of that demand directed into the condo rental market and, uh, and, and conditions are going to remain stable. So the increase in supply that we're expecting next year, I think, is going to be at least somewhat offset by increases in demand because of these mortgage rule changes, in addition to the surging levels of immigration that we've been seeing into the GTA. Um, Increased inflows from other provinces as well coming into uh, in, into Ontario and the GTA, and still very strong growth overall in the population between the ages of 25 and 34, which has uh, high propensities to rent and actually represents the largest share of renters in the GTA market right now. So the demographics, the economics, and the regulatory environment are all supporting higher demand for rentals in the next few years. And um, even though the increases in supply are expected, um, I, don't that ex I don't anticipate that it's going to have a huge impact on market conditions. And rents will probably settle closer to their long-term average of about 3 3.5% year over year. So I think that's kind of what, the, what, the, what we can expect out of the market over the next, uh, over the next few years at least. Um, interesting. So, uh, new mortgage rules. One question that's come up on the podcast recently is, is you know, how these new mortgage rules are going to affect the market. In particular, is there any way to quantify or measure um, how many people will be sort of taken out of the buying pool and put into the renting pool? If you know what I mean, like, is there any way that that we could measure or predict? Like you said, we're expecting a lot of people who are going to buy, they can't afford anymore under the new mortgage rules. They're going to be renting. Is there any way to calculate exactly how many people that would be to therefore, you know, better estimate how it's going to affect uh, the rental market in, say, 2017 and 2018, assuming the rules uh, stay with us? Well, I think there are, and, and, and probably... Um banks and, and other lenders are best positioned to make those sorts of calculations because they have detailed um, you know, income and loan-to-value information on a record-level basis for, for condo, condo apartment purchases. Um, but for us, you know, looking at the market on a high level, um, what we've done is we took a look at previous uh, mortgage insurance rule changes to see what sort of cost impact they had on the average buyer um, and what happened to sales activity after the changes were implemented. So we went through previously, over the past um, six years or so, um, 
various rounds of, 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 of tightening in mortgage insurance qualification, mostly on um, the maximum amortization side. So in 2008, we saw the maximum amortization fall from 40 years to 35 years. And then again in 2011, it went down to 30 years. Um, and then uh, more recently in 2013, the maximum amortization for insured mortgages was capped at 25 years. So what we found was that um, uh, these mortgage insurance rule changes that reduced maximum amortizations um, effectively increased the cost to purchase and carry the average price resale condo unit by about 5 to 10%. And that subsequently led to uh, annual declines in sales totals of anywhere between 13 and 23%, depending on, on the time period. The more extreme decline happened in 2009, but we also know that there was a lot of other factors impacting the market in 2009. So for the more, more recent rule changes, we were looking at about a 13 to 18% decline in sales activity following those changes. So what we think, um, uh, based on the, the more recent rule changes, which will require buyers to qualify at the posted rate, which is a full 200 basis points above discounted rates, we find that this will raise carrying costs associated with qualifying to buy the average price unit um, by, by at least 15%, 15 to 20%, or um, uh, close to $400 monthly. And that is, as I just mentioned, um, higher than the, uh, the, the cost impact of the previous mortgage rule changes. So on the surface, you would assume that this is probably going to have an even greater fall um, for, 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 for resale activity. But I also, you also have to kind of look at the composition of demand right now to, to kind of figure out what the overall impact will be on the marketplace. And I would argue that the market in 2016 hasn't necessarily been as driven by first-time buyers as it has been in the past. So the impact of the mortgage rule changes on overall sales activity may not be as great as otherwise suggested by um, looking at uh, past changes and, and, and what the impact could be based purely on the increase in cost today. In fact, what we've been noticing is that the strongest area of the condo market has actually been above $500,000, so the so-called upper end of the condo market. Um, um, based on our statistics, uh, over a fifth of all activity has actually been occurring over $500,000 this year. And the largest sources of strength have been sort of in the, between the $600,000 to million-dollar price point. And this is within the condo apartment sector. So there's been exceptional demand within the move-up buyer market uh, for resale condos, suggesting that even though these rule changes are coming to effect, there is at least some opportunity based on the level of demand today to substitute down into lower price points, whereas perhaps in previous rule changes, the market was being um, uh, very heavily driven by first-time buyers at lower price points, and there really wasn't any room to adjust. So they were immediately taken out of the market, and the impact was much greater. This time around, um, I think the market is standing on stronger legs, uh, we definitely have lower supply levels today than we did during these previous mortgage rule changes. So even if demand does fall, it's not going to have that big of an impact on price. So we've seen resale prices over the past year grow by 12% year over year. What I expect is going to happen after these mortgage rule changes come into effect, and it may not show up in the, in the statistics until 2017, is that sales will probably cool off by about 10-15%. So you know, 
fairly in line with the uh, with the changes um, that previously occurred in, in terms of mortgage rule insurance um, uh, restrictions. But the, obviously, the cost is, is is the cost increase is greater this time, and um, we expect that price growth is probably going to moderate to around its historical average of five percent. So this is really only going to have the impact of restoring market balance, as opposed to in previous mortgage rule changes, kind of tipping the market into into a buyer's market for a temporary period. The market is just too tight right now. It would cause a severe, it would need to cause a severe correction in demand in order for prices to uh, to, to actually experience an outright decline. Mm, very interesting. Uh, how much of that activity in the six hundred thousand to a million range, as you mentioned, being the sort of the hottest segment of the condo market, which is you know complete change from what it's been in the past how much is that is just people who can't afford to buy a house anymore now they're buying condos is that uh you know and and i wonder if uh is it possible that the condo market will actually not slow down as you said because you're getting while you're losing a bunch of buyers on the bottom end who are becoming renters you're gaining a bunch of buyers on the top end who were going to buy a house but now they're going to be buying condos yeah, that's a theme that we've been we've been exploring um, over the past year. It's the increase in move-up demand. Those that are being uh, priced out of the single-family home market, substituting into larger condominium apartments. Um, the problem has been the lack of supply of this type of product, particularly in the resale market. And um, what we've noticed is that um, larger units are selling very quickly. Um, you know, all of the real, pretty much all of the realtors that I've been speaking to say that they have a lineup of buyers looking for larger suites, but nobody has listings. And the most popular buildings right now are selling larger suites, and these larger suites are actually generating higher per square foot values than smaller smaller units. So this is a bit of a reversal from what we've seen in years past, where the smallest units got the highest per square foot values. So as supply becomes as, as restrictive as it has and demand becomes more diverse with more end user buyers that are downsizers or move up buyers within the marketplace being becoming more active, it actually begins to put a stronger price premium on space. So the two bedroom, the two bedroom plus den units are trading for higher per foot values than the smaller one bedrooms and studios in a lot of cases today. Yeah, that's very interesting, and that's a key point that you know I think investors really got to look carefully at and understand that uh, historically, as you mentioned, larger units were supposed to be sold at a, a lower price per square foot than smaller units, and that's just something that's always been the case. But now we're seeing this strange phenomenon in the market where the higher units in buildings, uh, sorry, the larger units in buildings, are actually trading at. Uh, higher per square foot prices than the smaller stuff. Um, and yeah, the explanation seems to be that there, there's just surging demand for this type of product and, and bidding, you know, you would never see a bidding war two, three, four years ago on a $700,000 condo. Um, now, <laughs> every single condo in that sort of price range pretty much is uh, is seeing multiple offers. Um, so yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch and see how that, uh, that, that develops moving forward. Um, 
Sean, we've covered so much great uh, stuff here. I, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I, I wanted to get into the um, the sales, the the Q3 sales numbers as well. But I think we've given people so much great uh, meat to chew on here, just from talking about the rental market and and uh, the repercussions of that. Um, we'll leave it there for today, and we'll save that for another time. But thank you very much, Sean, for your uh, time and insights once again on the show. And if people want to learn more about Urbanation or get in touch with you, what's the best way for people to do that? Um, you can check out the website, urbanation.ca. Um, a lot of great information on there. Um, contact information is provided. Um, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at Urbanation. And um, um, go to the homepage to access our latest news releases and blog posts. Um, all of that is, is posted um, as soon as it becomes available. Um, and if you want to be add, added to a mailing list, just let us know, and uh, we can keep you posted on our, on our latest statistics. Great. Well, thank you so much, Sean, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.